previously on the Find Your Adventure podcast. As we find that just being outside for five, six hours a day, you uh, sleep better for one thing, but also you're not as grumpy. No one can do it for you. They can help you, but they can't do it for you. So do it. Hi and welcome to episode 3 of the Find Your Adventure podcast where you can find the inspiration and confidence to head out on your own adventures wherever and whatever they may be. In this, the third episode of the Find Your Adventure podcast, I interview Joe Williams of Cicerone Press. Cicerone Press are one of the world's leading guidebook producers and we've got an exclusive discount code for you. But you'll have to listen to the whole episode to find out what it is. No cheating here. Joe and let Joe introduce himself. I am Joe Williams. Uh, I'm Cicerone's business development manager. I've been at the company for um, about three and a bit years. Um, however, the Cicerone is owned by my parents, um, and uh, so I've just sort of grown up with the business um, since um, since they bought it when I was. Uh, about 13, 12, 13 years old. Um, so it's sort of, uh, it's in my blood, I suppose, <laughs> uh, even if I haven't um, haven't worked here uh, all that time. So how uh, old are you now? So I, uh, I'm 33 now. Oh, are you? Um, okay. Yeah, yeah but so. pr- prior to that, I actually was a, um, a professional classical guitarist. Um, <laughs> so I had a rather, <laughs> rather dramatic career change, but um, I'd always been uh, balancing my loves of music and mountains and, um, uh, after a while, it was um, interest in mountains that uh, that's won over from a career perspective as well. Yeah, well, I can relate to that. That seems, seems like a pretty good to uh, good thing to sort of <laughs> switch on over to. Um, okay, yeah. so um, what's uh, what's next on the cards for you from a from a Cicerone point of view? Do you want, do you want to you, actually? Do you want to just give us a um, an overview of Cicerone first? Sure. Well. Um, so Cicerone is 50 years old uh, this year. Um, it, yeah, founded in 1969 mm-hmm. by um, a couple of uh, preeminent climbers, really, um, uh, of their of their time, um, Brian Evans and Walt Unsworth and their and their partners. Um, so we've been making guidebooks for uh, all of that time. Uh, initially, they were. They were really just uh, quite specialist uh, rock climbing guidebooks, but yeah. over the years that's grown to more more trekking, um, walking, uh, including cycling and other other activities uh, books. So we're we're based in Kendall, uh, just mm-hmm. on the edge of the Lake District. Uh, if I look out the window, I can't actually see the Lake District, <laughs> but uh, I'm looking I'm looking in the right direction. And we're we're a fairly small company. We sell books all over the world and we make books to destinations uh, all over the world um, and as far as my job goes I basically decide which new books we're going to do and look at the books that we've already got and figure out how to make them better for a new edition okay right so um, in terms of the book you release currently what are the most popular titles 
the most popular book is um, by quite a long way, uh, The Tour of Montblanc. So this is the uh, the classic trek in the Alps mm. that uh, starts in uh, France yeah. and uh, goes um, around the Mont Blanc Massif um, into Italy uh, and then into Switzerland and then finally crosses back into into France. So it's a, it's an amazing tour of um, of the mountain, but through three three different countries. Yeah, um, it's uh, yeah, it's a great route actually. Have you done it? Uh, yes, I've done it. Um, I, I think I did it when I was, uh, I think I was probably 15 or 16. Right. Um, and, uh, but that, that was as a family holiday, but that was, that was kind of the, the, the typical family holiday of, uh, of that time. I was going to um, say, it's not, it's not your everyday uh, family holiday, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, my sister was, um, she doesn't work at, uh, at Cicerone actually, but she's um, uh, three and a half years younger than I am, but she was on that trip as well, and it was um, no big deal for her at all, really. Um, but I have, I have since um, gone round the route um, uh, as part of the, the uh, part of the Ultra Trail du Mont Blanc, uh, which is the race yeah. uh, that goes around the exact same route. Mm-hmm. What well, did you do the whole thing, the whole, um, the whole so race? So I've run that race. Yes, it's uh, it's the whole thing in one go. Yeah. Um, so the route's uh, it's it's hundred it's about a hundred miles. Uh-huh. And it's uh, it's quite common to, to to walk it in a week, ten days, two weeks yeah. or so. Um, but um, every year, two and a half thousand um, um, adventurous runners yeah. decide to have a go at it uh, all in one go. <laughs> so that took me, I think it took me about thirty four hours to get around that time. Not bad. That's respectable. That's respectable. Well, uh, I didn't quite fall asleep, but uh, <laughs> it's a long time to be uh, to be on your feet. You hear all sorts of things about people having hallucinations, sort of after the twenty-four hour period goes. Did that did that affect you at all? Uh, good, good question. Actually, I've um, so I've done two hundred mile mountain races right. to date, and um, I've not had hallucinations in either of them. <laughs> However, there comes a, there comes a time after. So after about 24 hours or so, maybe 20, 20, 24 to 30 hours, where the brain, my, my brain, just starts getting a bit mushy. Yeah. And it's um, it's kind of hard to separate um, daydreams from reality. Right. Um, so they're not they're not hallucinations, but um, the mind wanders to sort of odd places. <laughs> you find yourself distracted <laughs> from the task at hand and in somewhere else. <laughs> um, yeah, well. Yeah, basically, it's, it's, it's rather hard to explain, but um, I guess you have to... Uh, it's not actually a particularly enjoyable feeling. <laughs> well, I can imagine, yeah. Um, I think the hallucinations might be a bit more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've heard something about that being um, been to do with salt levels in your blood and, and stuff like that, sort of taking a um, taking a bit of a dive, but... Um, oh, right. I don't know. Don't know if there's if there's any truth in that, but I can imagine fatigue plays a hell of a yeah, part yeah, in that. I'm not sure. It, yeah. um, it does seem pretty common for uh, ultra runners to, mm. at least in those longer longer races, to experience yeah. and, uh, all kinds of things, um, physical and uh, psychological, and probably <laughs> neurological as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I suppose really, I mean, what we're trying to do is inspire people to take up these uh, these sort of outdoor adventures, but uh, we might be putting them off. <laughs> sure. Well, I, 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 
clearly, uh, discussing hallucinations is not not, uh, not that inspiring. But <laughs> actually, the um, if if you are a runner and um, and interested in sort of having a having a look at what these um, trail races and ultra marathon races are all about, then it, it's interesting. It's a, it's a, it's a quite a, it's a bit of a difference between doing the Tour of Mont Blanc as a, as a trek um, and doing it in a single run. Mm. Of course, there are there are things that you miss out on by doing it as a run. Um, because you might be running through the night, um, uh, or perhaps having a, a sort of a tired patch where you might not be uh, in, enjoying it so much. Mm. But I have found that the the eyes with which you look at a view, um, if they're if they're if they're eyes that have um, that have already travelled twenty miles or fifty miles or seventy miles, mm. um, a beautiful sunrise is uh, uh, almost. Uh, upsettingly beautiful um, <laughs> when you're looking at it with that kind of uh, fatigue. Um, it's uh, it really heightens the uh, the emotional uh, experience in in well at least it does for me. That sounds fantastic, actually. So uh, yeah, let, let, let's get uh, let's get everyone to endure a bit of a uh, bit of suffering overnight and uh, and to pop out on a lovely sunrise. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps do it in uh, in in the Mont Blanc region rather than in Scotland because yeah. uh, the chances of a, of a sunrise might be a bit, bit higher there. Um, all right. So um, so what's next on your um, on your to do list? For Cicero. Yeah, for Cicero, yeah. Well, uh, there's always so there's always a new box that uh, that we're publishing. Mm-hmm. We 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 average about um, about twenty or so new brand new books uh, every year. Yeah. So um, in the last few months, we've published some things on um, uh, short treks in the Pyrenees. Uh, is one thing. We've mm-hmm. got uh, uh, the Kungsleden uh, is another. Yeah. Uh, that uh, that great trek in uh, in Sweden. Um, we just published uh, a book for outdoor adventures with children, actually. Fabulous. Um, so that that concentrates on the Lake District, mm. but it's 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 designed for um, for for parents who have um, kids under the age of twelve who are probably uh, pretty active and, and outdoorsy themselves anyway, but want to uh, want to introduce their their children to um, cycling, walking, orienteering. Um, all that sort of thing. Mm. Um, so it's yeah, it's quite an interesting book. I think that um, could be quite interesting to uh, to quite a lot of folk that are uh, that are listening to this, especially the people that have kind of found adventure already. And um, sure. And yeah, exactly. And maybe have got together with people that they've met in the hills or or on the trail, and uh, and now have had a family and think it's all going to end. <laughs> sure, exactly. And and I think that's really what this book's trying to do is to say that uh, that it really shouldn't all end. Um, and that there's uh, there's plenty of great things that uh, that the family um, can all do together. Um, I'm just having a look at uh, at our, our coming soon books, of which there's um, some quite interesting ones. There's a uh, walking uh, the Cambrian Way, which is um, a uh, long distance walk through the mountainous length of Wales. Mm. Um, so it goes from uh, Cardiff to Conway, and it takes um. It probably takes about a month to walk. Actually, it can be broken down into shorter sections, mm. um, but uh, it's a pretty, pretty rough uh, walk, and you get to walk the entire length of the country. Um, whilst uh, I think, uh, I think it does go up Snowdon um, on the the penultimate day. So is that? Um, I suppose you could you could opt to uh, to take in Snowdon, or you could not, depending on whether it's going to be a busy weekend day. <laughs> Yeah, 
I mean, in common with quite a lot of Cicerone books, there's 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 generally sort of alternatives mm-hmm. and uh, variations and options that we, uh, that we that we and our authors um, try to try to present. Um, so if you're if the weather is particularly poor or your legs are quite tired that day, then there's always options to to shorten things or mm. go around the mountain or um, even take the bus around it if uh, yeah. if that's if you if you're that tired. That's one of the things we're yeah. um, we're kind of really keen on here at, uh, at Find Your Adventure. We 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 like to have um, or g- give people the, the 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 freedom to you know give them the inspiration in the first place, but the freedom to choose their own sort of, of uh, um, experience rather than than following the, the the hard line of the guidebook or the the footpath um, wherever wherever possible. Because I think um, from my point of view, um, I, I kind of like getting off the beaten beaten track. Uh, more than sure. I do following trails. Um, although there's 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 um, there's benefits on both, obviously. Well, you know that's 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 a really good point because, in fact, there are um, there are some people for whom a guidebook is um, is not necessary no. and uh, is not even not even desired. If you really if you if you get such pleasure in making up your own routes and your own adventures, mm. then. Um, Maybe a guidebook might be helpful in the planning stages of that, yeah. but um, uh, to give to give you some inspiration. But but in fact, it might be fine just to uh, uh, to be doing things totally off the cuff and just picking up a map and saying, "Oh, where does that path go?" And I'll I'll take that one rather than having it spelt out in uh, in the guidebook. So yeah, I can totally understand that there's yeah. uh, there's some people who. Uh, they just don't need a guidebook. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've, um, I, I'm kind of a, a, a take a mixed approach even now. Um, you know, if it's an area that mm. I don't know, I'll perhaps um, look at the guidebook just for sort of inspiration. Um, and and my route will bear no resemblance to anything that's in the book at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it will give me a good uh, good idea of what's in the area and and so on. Um, so if, yeah, for that reason, I find them really really useful. Yeah. Um, but back in the day when I first sort of started out, um, what fifteen odd years ago, I was um, I was sort of rely- almost reliant on on guidebooks for routes up hills and uh, and things like that. Now I just sort of kind of head up and see what happens <laughs> because yeah, I've got the experience yeah. to back that up. But I guess that's the freedom that um, the, the, the books like um, the ones that Cicerone produce um, can give people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, you mentioned that your involvement with um, with Cicerone sort of began with with your family when they uh, when when your parents bought the uh, bought the the business, so to speak. Um, mm. What um, what's your number one active activity that you used to uh, to sort of take part in with your with your family back in the day that uh, that has stuck well, with you? Um, at first, I mean they. They said that I could. Um, my parents said that I could climb before I could crawl, which is probably uh, uh, probably about right, um, and certainly before I could walk. Um, so, but but from from a very young age, we'd uh, we'd been walking in the Lake District. Um, so I, I think probably if uh, if this uh, outdoor adventures with children book um, that we just uh, yeah. that we just published had been had been written thirty years ago, then uh, then. Then Jonathan and Leslie might have bought that yeah. um, for for ideas, mm. but uh, yeah, plenty of plenty of trips to the Lake District and uh, into Scotland. And actually, we went um, as, on young family holidays uh, off to the Alps um, quite quite early on. Mm. Um, that was uh, just day walking rather than rather than trekking. So yeah. we uh, base ourselves in um, in a in a campsite or something like that in, yeah. uh, in an alpine valley. Maybe it would be Chamonix or maybe a roller or something, uh, something along those kind of lines. And uh, spend a few weeks uh, a few weeks walking. 
but it uh, it didn't take long for the, for me for it to graduate into uh, rock climbing uh, mm. as well. And uh, yeah, we had uh, had a few uh, alpine climbing trips with uh, with uh, my dad and I. Um, and in fact, on those trips, um, we we went with uh, a guide mm-hmm. uh, up into the high mountains, which I think is a really great way for uh, people that have maybe got uh, got experience in the UK mountains, yeah. um, but they think uh, they like the idea of climbing a, a four thousand meter peak mm. or uh, or going and trying some alpine mountaineering in the, in the mountains of Austria or something like that. Um, so finding a guide, um, this this would be not just somebody that necessarily calls them a guide, but somebody that's qualified as an IFMGA mm. uh, mountain international mountain guide. Um, and they can uh, they can make those things happen while giving you uh, getting your experience and perhaps coaching you along the way to how you might uh, might do things if you were left to your own devices. So that was um, that was that was me and my dad when I was uh, thirteen, yeah. um, roaming around the Alps um, with uh, with some mountain guides. Fabulous. So uh, yeah, it's funny how these things develop, isn't it? You know, you go for a walk in the hills, but uh, especially with younger people, you know, you know even my kids, they're uh, they're eight and ten. Whenever they see something that looks a bit rocky or climbable, that's it. They're up it. Um, and it's not necessarily yes, because it's, it's something that I'm, uh, I'm I'm drawn to to this day. It's rather, yeah. it's rather hard to, to look at a, a bit of rock and not to, not want to I don't know to get, bring the hands up against it and feel what it might be like to climb. Isn't it fantastic? Eh? But yeah, it's not. It's not even that they've seen anyone rock climbing before. It's just some sort of uh, innate desire that they they just sort of see something that looks a bit craggy, and, and that's it. They're up it. It's brilliant. Well, yeah, exactly. And it's not exactly outdoors, but um, this is really why uh, indoor climbing walls have um, have grown to be so popular Absolutely. these days, especially bouldering, because. Mm. Um, with bouldering, you uh, climbing without ropes. You don't actually need to know anything. You don't need to learn how to boulder. No. Um, it's a, it's it's a fairly natural thing, and then you can develop your technique from there. Mm. Uh, as opposed to something like tennis, maybe, um, <laughs> where be, being a beginner tennis player is just an incredibly uh, depressing activity. You <laughs> can't even hit the ball over the net. <laughs> Whereas, uh, yeah, cl- climbing and um, uh, and bouldering, and I guess you know this extends to walking and trekking. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't um, you don't need to really know anything. You can um, you can learn learn as you go. Absolutely. Um, so, has it has your sort of life in the outdoors progressed any far? I mean, you mentioned about trail running earlier. Is that is that your thing now, or is it, are you still as varied um, as ever? So, I, I think I um, at least internally um, regard myself as a uh, as a mountaineer. Mm. Um, but I mean that in the in the, the broadest way yeah. possible. Um, um, so, I've got a bit of an injury at the moment, which means that I can't run. But uh, it's not stopping me from cycling, uh, or from uh, from climbing, or scrambling, or walking. So, uh, so we're going to go out for a, a walk and a scramble in the Lake District uh, this weekend. But really, I I like pretty much everything there is. <laughs> every activity there is to like about uh, about mountains and keeping it varied. Yeah. It also really helps um, to have that sort of approach uh, when especially if you're on, on holiday somewhere um, because if you're at the mercy of the weather mm. and you say right I'm a, I'm a rock climber I only, I only go rock climbing but uh, it's raining all week then uh, then you're going to have a bit of boring time um, but if you say well I, I like uh, like trail running as well then it doesn't matter if it's raining 
So uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of bit of bit of everything for me. Um, but perhaps with a, a tendency towards um, long mountain ultramarathons. That's probably my uh, my main interest at the moment. Yeah, I must admit there's a bit of a draw for that for for me. I do like the the um, the very sort of laid back. Um, now, now that sounds ridiculous, but the laid-back sort of approach that an ultra um, ultra mountain marathon brings, because there's a, there's a hell of a lot of walking done by a lot of the participants, despite the fact that they're moving very quickly, and, and I quite like that approach. It's always a very good um, a very good sort of community as well. That's right. That's right. And you, um, I've regularly found people to uh, to chat to for mm. extended periods of time. You can make uh, make really quite good friends uh, during these races. Um, especially if you're if you're both sort of suffering a little bit at uh, mile X, um, <laughs> then you can uh, you can you can bond over that uh, over that suffering. But, yeah. uh, but maybe then things perk up and you can uh, have a chat about each other's uh, about each other's families. Find where find out about where that person's from. I spent um, probably about five hours in the last. Um, uh, ultra marathon I did uh, chatting with the guy from Colorado uh, who um, yeah we had some sort of uh, shared shared experiences through uh, through in, in, in the past on trails that we both uh, both have been on um, but it was great to get to know somebody totally new and um, looking forward to going to Colorado at some point to go and hang out with him Mm, yeah, I think that's one of the benefits of doing, um, you know, even if you t- looked at a long distance hike where you either backpack it or walk from, from hostel to hostel or, or B&B to B&B, um, if it's a, a well-known route, maybe like the West Highland Way, you can actually make some really good friends even if you start on your own. That's, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely true. Mm. And there's, um, there's a route that we see uh, at Cicerone. Um, that sort of thing happening uh, on in a really major way, which is the uh, the Camino de Santiago. Yeah. Um, so I guess for people that are not maybe not familiar, it's um, the uh, Catholic pilgrimage routes that uh, go acrom- across typically across Spain, but they stretch across uh, much of Europe um, in order to get to uh, Santiago to Compostela. Um, so I'm not uh, I'm not religiously minded at all personally, but I, I've, I've done one of these uh, Caminos and um, they're just amazing ways of, um, of meeting people. It's it's just very common to, uh, to start your Camino journey uh, on your own and uh, fall in with a group of uh, um, a group of other um, pilgrims, and um, and just make uh, yeah make some really great um, and long lasting friends along those kind of routes. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a really popular route, but it's um, it's very interesting how that that uh, particular uh, Camino brings uh, brings people together. No, that's really interesting. I mean, it's, it's certainly for me, it's, if I, if I had. Um one thing that I could say to anyone that uh, that would inspire them to come out and do stuff in the outdoors, it would be to pick a long distance trail, um, <clears> and, and and to do that just because of the um, the camaraderie of it all. But a well known one, you know. Uh, some people prefer the solitude, but um, I think if you're if you're um, socially minded, but um, perhaps you're you're looking to connect with people that, that um, there aren't many of in your area, um, it's particularly with people you know from the south. Of, uh, of England uh, and so on. I think it's a really great way of um, of getting connected with lots of uh, lots of other people that, that have got similar similar sort of wants and, uh, and needs from a, from an adventure point of view. Yeah. What's uh, what's your pick for um, for long distance trails in the UK, Carl? Well, I'm a bit of a um, a bit of a fan of planning my own route, so I'd have to say the the TGO oh. challenge would be the way to go. Um, oh right. 
but in terms, I mean, in terms of before I do that, uh, uh, talk about that. The, um, the 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 long distance trail for me, I think, would be probably the the West Highland Way for a first trail for someone, just simply yeah. because it's manageable in maybe a week. Um, it's relatively straightforward, and there are plenty of people on it. Um, but yeah, that, so in terms of a, a sort of a, a well-known long-distance trail, that would be the one for me that I, that I would recommend anyone try. Um, but yeah, the um, for, for me the TGO Challenge, which is the um, the Great Outdoors magazine, holds an annual uh, challenge for about 300 or so hikers that, um, that sign up and plan their own routes across Scotland, um, the, the Highlands. That would be my um, my go-to event. I just love it. I've been I've done it three times now, and uh, I've made so many good friends on it. It's just unreal. Interesting. So you do a different route each time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they they follow um, the you know similar sort of honeypot route. So over on the east side, okay. but yeah, typically the west side, uh, for me anyway, um, that's where the the variation comes. Um, so anywhere sort of west of the A9, you pick a, a, a really high level route or a low level route, or mm. you can go pretty much anywhere through the um, through the hills there because it tends to be a lot less social. But then when you hit the A9 and you've crossed the the Monolia Mountains in the middle of Scotland, and uh, you're pushing towards the Cairngorms. That's when it all sort of starts to converge, and you meet your old friends, and you catch up on on what you've uh, you've been doing up in the in the in the week where you've not seen anyone for days and stuff like that. Um, it's uh, it's pretty cool just just uh, imagining 300 backpackers sort of gradually making their way across uh, across at, uh, at any moment in time. Well, quite, yeah, and, and they all kind of arrive on the East Coast within a few days of each other. Um, most of them are fairly near to, to Montrose, which is where you finally check in. But, yeah, any, any, anywhere sort of from Fraserburgh um, right, right the way to um, Arbroath. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's fabulous. And that, that's, for, so for me, you can tell clearly it's, uh, it's about sharing the, um, the experience with, uh, with other people. Although I do yeah, like to yeah. travel a few days on my own. It's just as, uh, just as nice sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So one of the things I was going to say, um, Joe, was that um, that Hannah um, Hannah Stevenson, who I was talking to when we initially started talking about this podcast, was um, was really really kind, and she um, she did two things. First of all, she sent us a um, a copy of uh, Fifty Years of Adventure, um, but also what she's done is she's given uh, us a, a bespoke code, uh, discount code for uh, listeners of the podcast. So um, I'm going to drop that in at the end, not just yet, but um, I'll drop that in at the end. So I just wanted to say thanks ever so much, and I know our um, our, our listeners will be really really happy to uh, to use that if they're if they're looking at um, buying a Cicerone guide in the uh, in the near future. Um, that will give you, I think it was uh, twenty or 20, I'll check and, and and firm up, but I think it's twenty um, percent off uh, a Cicerone guide at your store. So very very grateful for that. Um, but also very grateful for the um, for the the copy of, of Fifty Years of Adventure, which I think we're going to offer uh, at some point to uh, to our listeners in the in the future. So, do you want to tell us a bit about that book? Sure, it's a um, I guess it's what you what we would call a bit of a, a bit of a special project. It's not a not a standard guidebook. Um, um, it's a, it's, a, it's a slightly larger coffee table uh, book that's probably still about the right kind of size that you could read it um, uh, read it in bed uh, as well. But it's what it what it is really is uh, it's the story of Cicerone um, and how Cicerone came to be and how Cicerone um, has evolved um, 
as a as a guidebook publisher but it's it's at the at the heart of it really are stories from all of our authors um not not all of our authors i should say a, a, a selection um of authors of great uh, experiences that they've had um uh, in the hills or on the trail or on the on the road um over the years so it's a really yeah, it's a, a big collection of uh, of stories that range from um uh, range from discussion on uh, uh, cycling uh, in the Peak District through to climbing 8,000 metre peaks, um, through to uh, long distance running adventures, through to um, stories of being struck by lightning um, <laughs> in Scotland, etc., etc. Um, so it's uh, they're, they're all quite uh, quite short stories, but it's it's really nicely presented. Um, it's it's yeah, it's quite a quite a beautiful book. Yeah, it's a lovely book, uh, I must admit, and uh, I've I've been keen to to sort of flick through the pages from time and the great thing is you can just pick it up and dip in and out of it whenever you uh, whenever you want you don't have to sort of read it as a tome it's um for, for me it's uh it's a starting point for inspiration yeah um it uh it, it does it it does that really well it sort of gets me thinking oh jordan i wonder <laughs> if i could go to go to the desert in jordan um and then it gets you it gets you gets you googling and gets you looking for the for the more detailed guidebook and um and starting to plan your next uh, next adventure yeah, so you had a spot in the uh, in the book as well. Do you want to, do you want to tell us about your section? Uh, sure. It was um, it was a, a, a little little piece about uh, running the Bob Graham round. Um, so the Bob Graham round is uh, the the classic long distance fell runners route. So it uh, it's in the Lake District and it's a tour of forty two peaks in uh, in a big circuit in the Lakes. Um, visiting, I, th- I think it's probably about 42 Wainwrights um, in the process. And the challenge is to do the whole route within 24 hours. Now, the route works out to being about 100 kilometres with 8,000 metres of uh, up and down. Um, so it's uh, it's not that straightforward a task, uh, <laughs> a task to do. Um, but uh, actually, you, you, you were talking about uh, community and um, meeting people and bringing people together. Mm. Um, the Bob Graham round, you, um, in order to be recognised officially as having completed it, you have to be witnessed yeah. um, at all of the summits. Oh, okay. Uh, therefore, that means you need to have some friends um, to, uh, to, to be your witnesses. So it's common to, uh, to do what I did. Uh, which is have about um, about 20 people all together, whether that was um, people on the hill um, helping me and uh, feeding me and signing the piece of paper that said I'd been to each summit, um, or driving uh, driving around and providing road support, so um, giving me a, a cup of tea and some soup and things like that at, uh, at the various road crossings. So it's just that, that was my, my little story about that um, that adventure that was... Um, really characterised by um, being with other people in the mountains for um, quite a while. Um, yeah, and yes, it was a, it, it was a big challenge, and, um, uh, and it felt like a great achievement. But uh, my my overriding memory really is uh, um, of the the people uh, yeah. involved, and uh, and I guess uh, also uh, remembering my uh, uh, the, the family dog uh, joining for a few sections, <laughs> uh, which is which is a nice memory. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it always keeps coming back to these people, doesn't it? Um, and yeah, sort of sharing sorry. sharing the memories afterwards. 
uh, something you can look back on for, for years and years to come uh, tell your kids about tell other people's kids about and, and ball the socks off of plenty of other people about it <laughs> <laughs> love it Absolutely. I, I, I think for yeah, um, I, I think what you get with these sort of uh, adventures whether it's running running 100, 100 kilometres or 100 miles or it's doing um, the South Downs Way mm. or the Cotswold Way or um, or the West Highland Way it's um, it gives you this feeling inside where um uh, sort of a, a, a satisfied, um, proud of yourself uh, mm. feeling. Where in fact you don't, you wouldn't necessarily need to tell anybody about it, but no. you can you can reflect uh, yourself and think, yeah, yeah, I did that, and um, and and really get a lot of uh, a lot of benefit from that. Yeah, I quite agree. It's a it's a real sense of accomplishment, and uh, mm. yeah, yeah. I mean, you get a lot of thinking time as well. So if it is an event that you're doing on your own and it covers a few days, um, it's an amazing amount how much uh, how much. Um, thinking time you get and uh, that's one of the things I enjoy about the sections where I'm on my own I, you just get complete clean thinking time and I think that's a that's a real benefit of getting out in the outdoors yeah yeah sure I um, I always try if it's uh, if it's a trek to completely cut myself off from um, reading the news or social media mm-hmm. uh, or anything like that as well I think it's good to take a phone with you uh, for safety reasons mm. definitely um, but um, I think uh, that immersion in the outdoors uh can get dampened down a little bit uh if you're if you're thinking about the uh, i don't know the conservative leadership uh, competition <laughs> or, uh, or brexit or something like that <laughs> no one needs that do they <laughs> not when they're out in the hills no, no, exactly. you just need uh, you just need the outdoors you need the hills yeah, that's it. One of, one of the uh, one of the lodges that I, I've passed through on the TGO challenge this year had a big sign up saying "No Brexit, or you get kicked <laughs> out," and uh, <laughs> and it was ob- yeah. it was observed, which was good. So uh, yeah. no no Brexit discussions whatsoever. Who needs it? Um, Who needs it? All right. So um, yeah, I'll just check the. Um, the email from Hannah. It's actually a twenty-five percent discount, so that's uh, that's fabulous. Um, and the uh, the code for that I'll pop pop in at, uh, at the end of the um, of the conversation. So it's just one more um, one more question before I get you to uh, tell tell everyone how they can find out more about um, Cicerone. Uh, and that is, have, have you got one bit of advice to folk who are thinking about planning their first venture into the outdoors or moving maybe from day hikes to multi-day backpacks, um, but lack the confidence to do it? Yeah, well, I think there's a, there's a few ways of going about it. I think a really good thing to do is to go with somebody that's um, uh, that's done that sort of thing before. Um, somebody, yeah, if you know that they've they've been on a, a long distance trek and find maybe find a route that's new for them as well, so that you're both getting that uh, uh, that sort of wonder and uh, and um, and new experience. Um, but you'll be able to uh, sort of see all of their um, all of their tips and tricks and how they go about planning and then the actual uh, uh, doing um, of a of a trip like that. Um, I think that's probably the, one of the one of the best ways to go about it. Uh, obviously, guidebooks are going to give you um, uh, plenty of information to uh, to back up that planning and uh, and the walking. The other bit of advice I would say, uh, which is really crucial, and it's quite a specific one, um, is to think about the uh, the weight and the size of your backpack. <laughs> um, so, since uh, personally, since discovering uh, trail running, um, I'm loath to carry a, a bag of any weight uh, anymore. <laughs> um, a- absolutely, and in fact, I've managed. Um, I have managed multi-day uh, multi-day treks in the Alps uh, while staying at uh, mountain huts with nothing but a 
I think it's probably a um, an eight to ten liter pack. Yeah. Um, so very very small, and I don't really think I would see see why I would need anything larger than that. Um, maybe if you're if you're not running, but uh, but you're tracking, you might want to slide a, a bit of a larger bag. But mm-hmm. far and away, um, a light bag equals more enjoyment, and uh, and <laughs> more enjoyment is really what you want. So staying if your bag can weigh five to seven kilos uh, or less. And that's generally that's, that's a sort of a general guideline um, for the weight, excluding water and food. Then that's a, that's a good start. But really, getting it as low as you can uh, is the best thing. And I think that doesn't really need to be done through buying the most expensive, most modern um, bits of kit. It's mostly done by deciding what not to bring. Yeah, I can I can completely relate to that. There's there is nothing worse than an overloaded backpack, and uh, the, <laughs> what you tend to do is buy a big pack for your first trip maybe a 70 or 80 liter pack and you oh, fill it to the brim don't you and <laughs> and you learn pretty quickly that that was a bad move and and all the stuff that you never used and didn't really have a call for you can uh, you can just ditch and uh, and half uh, yeah. the weight yeah i mean i i for, um unless you're unless you're camping where you might need uh, a little bit more space yeah if you're staying in, if you're in the UK and you're staying in uh, B&Bs along a, yeah. along a, one of the national trails, or you're in the Alps going from hut to hut, um, frankly, you don't need anything larger than 30 litres. Mm. Um, I mean, some people do like to carry the kitchen sink, yeah. and if that's if that's your thing, then uh, then great. And um, that goes with the uh, the, the uh, it's the American uh, backpacking expression, which is "hike your own hike." Yeah, so don't uh, don't cast any judgment on other people for uh, for their approach to whatever it is that they're doing. Yeah, I'm a big um, believer in that. The um, I mean, one of the, one of the things that I I don't mind is carrying a heavy pack. I would choose to, but if I had to, it, it doesn't bother me. So if I do want that extra bit of kit that I wanted to take with me, or um, if I'm testing a couple of stoves out or whatever, I don't mind carrying a bit of extra weight. But uh, yeah, absolutely, hike your own hike. Um, but if you can keep it weight, keep the weight off. It's always good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> always good. Well, that's great. Um, so, um, just finally, then before uh, before I drop in the uh, the discount code, the um, the Cicerone range. Obviously, uh, everyone's heard uh, a fair bit about it from you. Uh, can you tell us what the website is and whether you've got any cis- uh, any social media tags and so on? Sure. Well, uh, the the place to go to start off with is cicerone.co.uk. Yeah. Um, and on the site, uh, it's obviously got every book that uh, that we sell, um, split up by different areas and um, on types of activity. Um, and there's also Cicerone Extra, which is um, basically our, our sort of our blog and online magazine mm. that's got uh, trip reports, uh, articles from authors, um, tips, um, all sorts of stuff um, on. On every route uh, that we uh, that we cover, um, uh, as well as a whole bunch of things that, that we don't actually have guidebooks for. So if we think it's going to be interesting for, for the outdoors, then uh, then it's going to be on there. So that's the that's the website, um, and then it's the all, all your standard social media channels: so uh, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. Uh, I think it's just at Cicerone Press. At Cicerone Press. Okay, great. You yeah. heard it here, folks. So um, the discount code that uh, hopefully everyone's been waiting for and is going to dash onto the uh, the website and start ordering lots and lots of books uh, is, and I really recommend them because I've got a, quite a few on my bookshelf as well, um, is FYADV. So FYADV. If you uh, if you pop that into the um, 
into the the relevant field on the on the checkout, that's where you're going to get your 25% discount, which is a chunky discount. I think you do eBooks as well. Would that work on eBooks as well? Yeah, that'll work on eBooks. Uh, we do eBooks for pretty much everything as well, and you can also buy bundles. You can buy the book and the eBook together and get a special discount on that too. There we go. Brilliant. Is there anything else you want to say before we um, before we close? No, I just think some people should uh, get out and um, and um, and start exploring. I couldn't agree more. Thanks ever so much for your time, Joe. Well, thanks a lot, Carl. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. In episode four, we're getting to grips with the latest in lightweight backpacking shelters when we talk to Mike Turner of Turner Lightweight Tents. From concept through to design, materials choice and manufacture, with a bit of backpacking talk thrown into the mix too. But for now, to butcher the words from Ian Brown of 3 Million Steps, like us, share us and do all that social media good stuff. And that's all from us until next time on the Find Your Adventure podcast.